Hey everyone, and welcome to Money Moves for Teens. My name is Tally Levy, and I'm here to inform and inspire my teenage peers by discussing the topics of business, entrepreneurship, and personal finance. I'm so grateful you were able to take the time to listen today, and I hope you find value in this episode. With the number of credit card holders increasing every single year, many people are under the impression it's impossible to live without a credit card. This episode, I'm going to talk about some of the main reasons why people decide to use and avoid using credit cards, but I'll be looking at these points through a different view compared to the rest of society. People don't always talk about the size of credit cards I'll be going over today, so to many, my words may come as a surprise. This episode is a part two to the one I uploaded last week, so be sure to check that episode out after this one. And before I begin, I would like to start with my stance on credit cards and how I'll be structuring this episode. I want to let you know it is possible to live without a credit card, even if you're not rich, and the cons of credit cards are worth taking a look at, which is pretty much what we'll be doing in this episode. As far as how I'll be structuring this episode, if you've ever watched pros and cons of credit cards videos, you'll notice how my episode will be structured similarly, alternating between the pros and cons. But what's different about mine is that through research I've done, I don't agree with the pros many associate with credit cards. So instead of only stating a pro, I'll further explain why I don't agree with the statement. As I go through the episode, the structure will make more sense and I'll make a clear distinction between my different points. This will probably make you question societal norms when it comes to this topic and really everything you've ever been taught about credit cards. The first con to credit cards is the risk of overspending that comes with them. This is due to three different factors, one of which relates to the card's physical form and the other two relating to what the card has to offer. I'll start with the card's physical form. Several studies have shown that people tend to spend more money when using a credit card as compared to when they use cash. This is because by using a credit card, you effectively anesthetize the pain of paying as quoted by CMU.edu. That basically means you remove the feeling of pain when you make a purchase with a credit card that would otherwise be there. The article later goes on to explain when the pain centers of a subject's brain are activated, it discourages spending. So this turns into a simple cause and effect. Spending money with a credit card doesn't activate the pain sensors in your brain, therefore people tend to spend more money when using one. This experiment was done by a group of researchers at Carnegie Mellon, Stanford, and MIT who were studying the mental processes that drive economic decision making. You can also think about it this way, when you pay for an item in cash, you are essentially trading your cash to get the item. You hand over your bills and you receive what you purchased. When you use a credit card to make your purchase, you get the item and you get your credit card back. There's no real feeling of physical loss that happens in the process, which in turn leads people to spend more money. DaveRamsey.com talks about another study done by a McDonald's focus group when the fast food chain began accepting credit cards years ago. They found that people who spent money using credit cards spent 42% more than those who used cash. And these are only a few examples of studies that back up this point. Some people who are in favor of credit cards argue that they spend as much money as they normally would without one. My response to this is, how are you so sure? The decision-making areas of our brain aren't always clear when it comes to assessing why we do certain things. Your brain could be making subconscious decisions that you may not even realize. 
People who make these statements sometimes attribute it to their use of budgeting. They claim they know where their money is going every month. And I definitely recommend keeping a budget, but in reality, most Americans do not follow through with this. In fact, 61% of Americans don't budget their money, according to businessinsider.com. So more likely than not, you will be susceptible to overspending with a credit card. Now, when it comes to what a credit card has to offer, there are a couple factors that make consumers overspend. The first factor has to do with the credit card limits. The credit card limit is the maximum balance you can have in a credit card without being penalized. The average limit is around $8,000. The reason this makes people spend more money is because some will look at this number and mistake it for how much money they have to spend. Just because you're allowed to put up to $8,000 on a credit card doesn't mean you have $8,000 of your own money to pay the bank back. And when people think this way, they end up not being able to pay the money back on time, leading them to pay extremely high interest fees, a topic I went over in detail in my last episode. The second factor that leads people to overspend are the benefits and rewards that come with credit cards. I'm actually going to talk about rewards as an entire topic towards the end of this episode, so stay tuned to hear how it affects your spending. Okay, so the first reason a person may be in favor of credit cards are because they say they have better fraud protection. While your debit card account balance may drop initially due to fraud, the liability protection when it comes to debit and credit cards are very similar if not the exact same in some cases. Visa, one of the largest companies in the industry, says on their website they have a zero liability policy and that you're protected if your Visa credit or debit card is lost, stolen, or fraudulently used. So to say you should get a credit card because it has better fraud protection would not be true in most cases. The second widely known con when it comes to credit cards is the stress of debt that comes with them. Now, I understand the feeling of stress affects everyone differently, but CNBC.com stated that 77% of Americans tested admitted to being anxious about their financial situation. That's more than three out of every four people. They also found that the reason 45% of Americans tested were worried about their financial future was because of managing debt levels. That's a significant amount of people. And remember, by continuously using a credit card, you are continuously using debt to make your purchases. And debt can feel like a heavy weight to carry. You're constantly carrying the responsibility of paying the banks back. So these data points are a key factor to consider when it comes to credit cards. The next reason why people favor credit cards are because of the rewards offered. Airline miles, cash back, and credit card points all play a huge role as to why people get drawn into credit cards in the first place. And even through all of the points I've made in this episode, as well as in my last one, people still argue despite all of those things, the rewards make the credit card worth it. But most don't consider the downside to these rewards offered, which is what I'm about to cover. First, people should consider the overspending aspect. I talked about the majority of the credit card overspending topic earlier in this episode, and I mentioned that rewards contribute to that. This is because when you know a reward is waiting for you at the finish line, the finish line in this case is reached by you spending money, what do you think that will make you do more of? Here's a common example. Say you go to the mall to buy a new phone case, and when you walk into the store, they have a buy two get one free sign in front of the row of phone case options. Well, in your head, that changes everything. The deal was enticing enough to you. You start to convince yourself that buying the second one will be worth it to get the free case. That may be because you decide you'd give one to your sister, or because of the most common claim, you now need the two cases for some reason, so why not receive the benefit of a free third case? However valid your argument may be, there is still a shared outcome throughout all of these situations. You ended up spending more money than you had intended to. 
You walked in planning to buy one phone case, you ended up buying two. So how does this relate to credit cards? Well, when you know you get a thousand new credit card points if you just spend 200 more dollars because with those points you get a free ticket to a basketball game, that is more likely than not going to make you spend more money. Whether you are spending money with the intention to earn the credit card rewards or not, knowing that they're there will affect your subconscious decision-making process. Also, why do credit card companies advertise rewards? Because they work. Why do stores offer buy two get one free deals? Because they work. Why would they offer a free item if they know they're not going to receive an even greater return because of this deal? These companies study you and your spending patterns in great detail and there have been tons of research done in the field of marketing and what the most effective ways are to advertise to consumers. These companies are just trying to make money and it's not a bad thing they're offering deals and things, that's how they stay in business. You just have to be aware of that and practice self-control when it comes to spending accordingly. The last thing I want you to think about when it comes to overspending is how so many individual stores now have rewards cards, Macy's, Victoria's Secret, and so many more. Again, they do this because it leads to more revenue for them. This marketing strategy has been proven to work time and time again. As much as shoppers wouldn't like to accept this reality, it's true. So first, the rewards of credit cards can end up leading you to spend more money. Second, according to NBCNews.com, 31% of credit card holders aren't redeeming their rewards. I stated this point in my last episode when I talked about annual fees associated with credit cards, but the reason why almost a third of all credit card holders don't utilize these rewards may be because of several reasons. This could be due to a person's unawareness of having rewards, confusing guidelines surrounding the use of rewards, or even them simply expiring. And as I said before, the advertised credit card benefits and rewards are why most people get a credit card. So if almost a third of those people don't utilize these rewards, that doesn't back up this point significantly. The third and final reason why rewards aren't everything people say they are is because they don't really offer much when you think about it. 1% cash back on a $10,000 purchase is $100. On DaveRamsey.com, it makes the point, if 20,000 points are going to get you a round trip to Florida, once you add up the annual fees and interest you pay to these credit card companies, you might have just been able to pay for that trip yourself with your own cash. You've paid the credit card companies unnecessarily when that money could have been going towards the round trip you wanted. So the third point why rewards aren't a reason for you to get a credit card is because they really don't offer much and you might have just been able to pay for those rewards with your own cash if you hadn't given it to the credit card companies in the form of annual fees and interest. In my last episode, I said I would talk today about a couple more valid reasonings behind using debt. The first instance in which debt use is acceptable has to do with a financial strategy mainly put into practice when it comes to real estate. This strategy is a little more involved, so I won't explain it in depth today, but please note this is not for the average person to attempt. It has to do with a strategic money allocation plan, or in other words, a plan that decides where your money is going. This strategy would require you to 1. have enough money to purchase physical properties like a home, and 2. be an incredibly knowledgeable investor. This strategy comes down to a real estate investor deciding that the money they don't choose to put into a physical property like a house could be making them more money other ways, such as investing it into the stock market. It's fine if you can't quite imagine what it is I'm explaining, this topic requires some more conversation which is not the point of this episode. But if you would like me to explain this point further in future episodes, you can definitely let me know through my social media, the links are always in my description. The second instance in which debt use is acceptable is when you take out a mortgage to buy a home. 
I understand that not everyone has $300,000 in cash to spend on a house and a mortgage allows a person to pay monthly over time for this big purchase. One of my main points last episode was that you don't need a credit score to receive a home mortgage despite what society has taught us. There is a process called manual underwriting which can be used in place of a credit score assessment to determine if you are eligible to take out a home mortgage. Manual underwriting is a process in which a human reviews your loan application and uses supporting documentation to determine whether you qualify for the mortgage. This is a completely valid way you can go about the process, so that defeats the idea of you needing a credit score to take out a mortgage. We're almost at the end of this episode, and I have some final thoughts for you to consider. I did go over these points in my last episode, the part 1 to this topic on credit cards, but I believe they are important to reiterate. First, if through your research you've watched other videos about the pros and cons of credit cards, I want to address how these videos typically end. Usually, once the speaker has finished all of their talking points, they'll say something along these lines. Now that we've looked at all the pros and cons of credit cards, I've come to the conclusion that the credit card pros outweigh the cons and I advise you to get a credit card under a couple conditions. Again, these are the words of the majority of other pro-con credit card videos, not mine. They continue to say you should get a credit card if you know you can pay your balance off in full every month and if you manage your money wisely. If you do those things, you should be good to go. Now, most people hear this and go out and buy a credit card, but I'll tell you what's wrong with their statement. The first condition they state, you will pay your balance off in full every month, doesn't make sense because if you're watching the video to decide whether to get a credit card, you don't know if you can pay off that balance. You haven't tried it before, so you can't just assume you'll be able to. The next condition, you'll manage your money wisely, doesn't work because it's not measurable. There's not a number a person can look at and know if they're smart at managing their money. Also, who wants to admit to themselves they can't manage their money properly? Not many people. That would only be the case if they were extremely honest with themselves or if they had people around them who were honest with them, both of which are rare. And I'll just tell you this, based on the numbers, you most likely won't be able to pay your balance off at the end of the month. 55% of people don't. There's a greater chance you'll fall into the debt trap. So why take the chance? And on top of that, the pros they talk about in their video aren't even pros, which is what I talked about today. But I wanted to go over those two points many videos include and explain to you all why you shouldn't weigh your decision based on those conditions, because as I've just explained, it wouldn't make much sense. Lastly, even after everything I've just said, there will still be people who currently have a credit card who say, well, I pay my entire balance off at the end of every month, I spend as much as I normally would without one, and I receive all the credit card rewards, so I can use a credit card responsibly. This is a very common counter to a view like mine on credit cards, and my question to this person has to do with their second point, that they'd spend the same amount of money with a credit card as they do without. My question to you is, how do you know that? As I just went over earlier this episode, there have been numerous studies done that show people spend more money when they use a credit card compared to cash. And this happens all within a person's brain, the decision-making process we can't see, but we can study. So by denying your increase of spending with a credit card, you're also denying the idea your brain can make subconscious decisions that you may not even realize, which is also backed by science. But if you think you're immune to that, fine. If you think you're smarter than the banks, that's fine. And if you think you can beat the credit card companies at their own game, that's fine also. 
And so even after all of this, you still consider yourself a person who uses or can use a credit card responsibly. I believe it really comes down to also being okay with staying in debt the rest of your life. And that's a decision a person has to make for themselves. But when you argue for using credit cards, you're essentially saying you want to continuously be paying someone else back. You want to continuously be in debt. And that's where I'll leave this episode for you to finally decide. If you've made it this far, congratulations, I'm happy you're here. I hope you found this episode eye-opening and helpful. If you haven't checked out my episode from last week, I highly recommend you do so because it has tons of information just like this episode. Thank you again for listening and I'll hopefully see you next week. That concludes another episode of Money Moves for Teens. Thank you for tuning in today and remember to thank yourself for creating the space to learn something new. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be a huge help to me and others if you would share my content with those who might benefit from the information. You're always welcome to leave a rating and review. And if you have any questions or would like to follow me on other media, you can visit my website, moneymovesforteens.com. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys in my next episode.